Hi there, welcome to Living the Liminal Podcast. I am Christy Peck, an intuitive mentor, a spiritual guide, and the author of Coming Home, A Love Story. What if your wildest dreams could come true? There is this beautiful space between what is happening in our physical reality and what we dream and desire. In this space, we can find an uncensored peace, a true joy, and an all-knowing that there is so much more to life. Every week, my guests and I will show up and have conversations around living consciously in this space with courage, connection, and choosing to feel good, even in the uncharted and unknown moments. I am so thrilled you are here, and I look forward to sharing this sacred space with you. my friends. Welcome to Living the Liminal this week. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad I'm here. It's um, it's getting a little chillier where I am. So we have to like think about how we're dressed and what we're wearing and just that whole concept of like thinking about what we're doing, thinking about how we're doing it has kind of got me hearting again. You know, like when I get in my sink in my heart and kind of just let myself start to feel a little different and pay attention in a little different way. So um, many of you know, and maybe you don't if you're first listening, but I do a lot of channeling through my writing, um, sometimes through, well, a lot of times through my talking, it ideas will just kind of float in and I just kind of let the words come out. Um, that's basically what channeling is. It's it's connecting to a higher vibration than even yourself. Um, could be angels, could be spirits, could be loved ones, could be um, anybody in the across the veil, I guess, is, is the language that you might use. So I tend to do some channeling, especially when I'm working through ideas. Um, I, I, you might have heard of it called channel, uh, uh, channeling through writing or, um, you know, just, just free writing and, and you connect, you, you, you kind of get in your zone, I guess you could say another way of looking at that. And you just let the words come out. And sometimes they really don't even make sense. You have to kind of go back and like dissect them for yourself and see what's the message. So I thought, um, the other day I had a moment, which I do kind of a lot, um, cause I'm a deep thinker and a deep feeler. And so I have many moments, but I was in an experience with my, my daughter and it kind of was working on me some different things. I was just kind of watching us in this whole experience, like observing both of our parts and, and how we were interacting. And then, um, the next morning I woke up and sure enough, just some thoughts and messaging came through and I just wrote it all out. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to share it today on the podcast. Um, it's a great example of like how we really can deep dive into our own soul's experience, as well as being connected to a higher vibration and allowing that collaborative um, experience and that relationship to sort of guide you into your um your evolution, your growth. So I thought I would do that. 
Um, so our experience, my daughter and I were, um, there was some, some, some things happening in our family and we were, we've been dealing with them, like working through them. Um, if you heard my talk a couple episodes ago, you know, um, the experience is that I decided to kind of walk away from some relationships that just weren't healthy for me anymore. And in doing so, I gave my children the, um, the ability, right? So the freedom to make their own choices, because I believe in that free will. And we've been working together as a family through some of those choices that they're making. Um, and some of the interactions and experiences that continue to take place. And there were, um, my daughter was having some challenges at school and with um, her swim team. And, and she was really at this cusp of, of having to make a, dis- a choice. And, and, you know, for those of us who are very deep into our feelings and our emotions and our experiences And for those of us who just have a love for wanting to do right by ourselves, and we maybe don't even realize it, maybe it's just kind of unconscious in a way still, but, but most of us operate from a place that we want to do right by ourselves. We want to do right by the people that are around us that we love and care for. And we want to do right by the people that are in our lives, you know, that we interact with. Maybe it's the neighbors, the community, the school, the church, whatever it is that you are, who, who you are surrounded by. So most of us have that deep desire to do well by people. So she and I were talking and, and I had been really trying to kind of bust through this outer layer of toughness, which we all do, right? We put up barriers because we don't want to feel. Because feeling the feelings, especially for those of us who are highly sensitive or empathic, feeling some of the the wide range of stuff that comes out of us, it kind of can cause you to be a little like, whoa, we got to take a step back here. I don't know about this. So I had been really trying to get her to feel because in our family and my philosophy is if we can get it out and feel it, it may not always look pretty to feel it. But if we can feel our way through it, then we can really make sense of something and make some good discerning kind of decisions and choices that really align to something. And if you don't get that stuff out, okay, the feelings and the emotions and the past um, unprocessed kinds of, of ways of thinking about stuff, then it sits in the shadow darky part of your psyche. And, and it really projects is it's the influence in everything you do. So if you want to make healthy decisions, you have to sort of get things out. You have to sort of like get the emotions out. So then you can process the experience and the emotion and kind of get to some resolution. So my daughter and I were talking and all of a sudden it was like a floodgate that just came out and she was one feeling and emotion after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other thoughts were coming out, feelings were coming out her ideas were coming out, beliefs were coming out. And, and I just sat there and was like in awe of how beautiful it really, really is when we can do that. When we can just sit in the presence of allowing someone to just have all that moment come out. It's such a freeing feeling for both parties. If we can allow it, we don't often want to hear all that stuff from people. 
we too want to put up our barriers to, oh, I don't know if I can handle all your deep, dark feelings and how you perceive the world. So I just kind of let her have that moment because it, she needed to. She honestly needed to for her own, her own evolution and growth and development. So the next morning when I woke up, I just felt this urgency to grab paper and a pen. And I just sort of let myself do the channel writing and I let the stuff come. And I was thinking about her in that moment and having the fleet feeling floodgates open. And, and so this is what I wrote that when we bypass the emotional experience, it's sovereign death. And, and I think what that means, because that's pretty intense. Let me read that again. When we bypass the emotional experience, it is sovereign death. And what that means is you are so worthy. You are so deserving. You are so, you know, there really is no special, but you're special. You're, you're unique. You're just you. And when you don't allow the emotional experience to play itself out, that is the death of you because you're just going to take that and hide it into the shadow part and you don't even know who you are or why you do what you do. It's so hard to get to that point because you're operating from unprocessed emotional experiences and emotional beliefs and emotional thoughts. Breaking through the dense popu- the dense manipulation of not feeling is a break-free conspiracy of the soul. So what happens is that we think we're being this free will. We think we're being this free person. And in, and in actuality, we're just operating from deep-seated, okay, emotions and thoughts and unprocessed kinds of experiences that are dense, meaning that they're in our psyche, they're in our unconscious mind, and they're manipulating everything that goes on because that's which how you're operating from. It is through the moments that challenge us that we learn the courageous acts of our soul, bringing a conscious life to the soul's experience. So when Carl Jung said that when you take the unconscious and you make it conscious, that's true living, that the rest of it is what you're just going to call fate. Oh, I don't have luck. Oh, these things always happen to me. Oh, I don't know why this keeps happening to me. I don't know why I keep having these experiences. Well, you haven't brought to the conscious life, your conscious experience, your conscious self, these unprocessed emotions, thoughts, and beliefs. Why are we here is a curious state that can give us comfort. So when we know why we're here, it's just freedom. And it feels like you're wrapped up with a warm blanket and a fire and you're cozy. You just know, you just have this knowing. We often want to create doing from this enlightened modality. It is not in the doing that we find our disconnected self. So what that means is, we often go about doing things. Okay. Let me go do this. Let me go do this. Like, let me go run errands. Let me go clean the house. Let me go get a job. Let me go 
serve on this board. Let me go be in charge of this experience. Let me go do for other people over abundantly. And, and we're doing those things from a very disconnected place. It is only in the being that which we are and have always been. So we don't get to a conscious life by doing. We get to a conscious lifestyle by just being who we are and knowing, having this deep knowing, okay, this, this clarity of self, who we are was a sacred design given at birth, a contract of obligation to live fully in human form, an experience that calls us into a sense of knowing the humanness of which we authenticate our personality has always known its own self-belonging. So, so often we're in this, this space where we're looking to belong. So we go outside of ourselves to belong to groups, to belong to people, to belong to families, to belong to communities, to belong to neighborhoods. And the, the soul is never going to find belonging in the outside world. The soul will only find its true belonging when it is just being with itself. Okay. In, and, and, and the soul has this um, obligation and, and you can kind of think of it like, like a contract in a way to itself. So the soul works through the personality. The personality is the human form. At birth, we came into an experience of confusion and misunderstanding. The soul only knows love and will always act in the human one's favor to return that purity of love. So our, our role here is just to always get back to love because that's all our soul knows. Our soul doesn't know the, the, um, you know, the act of betrayal. Our soul doesn't know the act of rejection. Our soul doesn't know um, the hurt and the pain that goes through loss. Our soul doesn't know those, those, those intensity of experiences. Okay. Our soul only knows love. Our human form, our personality knows those other experiences, but our soul is going to work through the personality. So everything has to come through the personality to get to that soulful place. What if we lived consciously aware by a set of values that represented a collaborative intertwining, meaning two spirals moving, flowing upward and downward as above, so below? What if DNA stood for divinely neutral awareness? DNA, divinely neutral awareness. See, what I think that means is, and again, the stuff just channels out of me and then I have to kind of think through. I think what that means is we've always thought of ourselves that we are just this human personality, okay? The body, we've thought our, we, we are our hair, we are the clothes that we wear, we are the way our body looks, we are the way, what our body can do. Um, and, and I think what this is come, what's coming through here is the idea of divinely neutral awareness that none of that physical stuff really matters. 
what matters and, and the essence of who you truly are is who you are at the soul level. Your wholeness is from that soulful, loving place. Your purity is from that soulful, loving place. So divinely neutral awareness is that you are divinity. You are this whole, perfect, beautiful, extraordinary, extravagant, magical, majestic essence. And then, and then if you think about like this essence, okay, and then we kind of put this body over you like a costume. Okay. In the Jungian psychology world, we call it the persona, put a little costume over you, how you look, how you act, what you think. And, and all of that comes from, from that place in this way, we could fully inhabit the human form by feeling the vast array and depth of emotions available, not bypassing breakthroughs and could sense the wealth of joy and wonder that all brings. So what this divinely neutral awareness could be is if we thought that was our DNA, if we honestly thought that that was our true essence, then we could really feel, we could really have some fun with the human form, our personality, because that's not real. That's not who we really are. It's just the, the costume or the mask or the persona that we're putting on. Hurt and pain would be minimal as the divinely neutral awareness would allow the learning to be incorporated simply and peacefully. The value of a peaceful heart might demonstrate a truly awe-inspiring foundation for living. The value of witnessing as a form of participation would activate a deep wisdom, thereby bringing forth more strength and bravery to the personality. The value of interconnectedness would aid in maintaining a long-term sustainability of love and ultimately decrease the need for defense. So here's what I think all that means. Divinely neutral awareness would bring about these value systems, and they're different than the value systems a lot of us have today. The value of a peaceful heart, meaning I, my job here why I'm here is to have a peaceful heart. So, so I am going to, I am going to be in my life and I'm going to choose my doing in my life that brings me a peaceful heart. The value of witnessing as a form of participation. So instead of being in the experience, you're just witnessing as if you're watching something on TV, as if you are watching something play out on a stage. And what that would do is you would have a deeper wisdom because you would be watching it play out. Think about like when you're watching a TV show, you can kind of sit there and get a little analytical. You can kind of sit and get a little more understanding because you see both parts. You see why people are doing what they're doing and you're understanding in a deeper way. And that is really what brings about more bravery and more strength to our own personalities is the understanding the value of interconnectedness. So that means that we know we are all one connected at the soulful place, this divine soulful wholeness, and that that really connects us. So the personality's form of doing isn't what really connects us. We don't get belonging from all those doings. That's just how fun plays out. What if the polarity of the contrast between the human ego and the soul allowed for more self-renewal 
and less self-projection of warlike tendencies. So, so often, so many of us humans in this personality form, we have so many shadows, those deep-seated, unprocessed emotional experiences that we have hidden away in our psyche. And we, we act upon them all the time. That's the idea of projection. We act upon them unconsciously. Many people don't know why they do what they do. But if we really came from this DNA, this divinely neutral awareness, and really adopted these values of peaceful heart and witnessing and interconnectedness, then we would be doing a lot more. Our doing would be more of self-renewal, okay? Sitting back and, and just kind of having stillness and working more slower in our lives and, and having more and more awareness. And that might honestly bring about a whole different conscious lifestyle. We have become addicts to control. We control by way of thinking about and thinking into our own desires of the personality. We have not come into the form of human to fulfill the egoic, small-minded, short-term nonsense. We all agree to soulfully ex exist to be of love. Only love provides long-term sustainability. So we have become addicts to control. Whew, I'm telling you, we want to know, okay, the first time I realized that so many people are addicts of control was honestly, when I first became pregnant and our first pregnancy, we did not find out the sex. And so many people would say, you don't want to know. And I'd say, no, I think it's kind of fun not to, you don't want to know. Why don't you want to know? You can plan for it. You can. And I was like, no, I think it's kind of fun not to. And, and I really loved that. Um, my second two pregnancies were completely unique in and of themselves. And we ended up finding out for very unique reasons for both. They were both different. Um, and that just seemed to make sense. But my first pregnancy, I really told people I loved not knowing, not knowing this life that was kind of being formed within me and not knowing who it was going to be coming out. I didn't give it a personality before the baby came out. I didn't give it um, a name. I didn't decorate the room to fit what I thought the, the gender might be or any of that. I just allowed that baby forming inside of me to just be. Um, and I noticed the difference then in the others. And so um, our second pregnancy, we ended up finding out for medical reasons and that was honestly the, the right decision at the time for us. And I don't regret it one bit. I noticed the difference though, in the energetic field and the alignment of peaceful heart, when I was starting to think, oh, it's this. And now the name is this. And now the, and, and you start to think, and when you think you create, so creation comes from your thoughts. And so I noticed the difference. And have always felt that with that particular child, we were always kind of having to kind of go backwards a little and, and reframe the freedom for him to be who he really is. Um, and then my third pregnancy, which resulted in two children, um, that was a whole other, again, uh, situation. And we decided to find out because I was a little overwhelmed having two kids and that, that that just created a whole, and, and so we sat back and we're like, you know what, 
We're not giving them names. We're not going to talk about, we're just going to like, let them be for right here. And so this idea of, we have become addicts to control. We want to control the dates of things. I mean, I do it all the time too. Unconsciously, I start realizing, well, you know, I have this coming up in next summer and I want to make sure that I can also do this activity and this activity. And so you start to get into this mindset where you have to like play around with dates on the calendar to make sure everything works. And then go and talk to organizers to make sure that event and you you're unconsciously doing it and you you're you're coming from a place of oh my gosh I just want to like go to both things and I love it all and then you start to realize we're really addicts of control we want control over everything the weather the events the um the circumstances around events what our kids do what our kids don't do what we do what our spouse does what our friends do like it's just very interesting, even, even like how things are presented on TV or how long they are, or I want more of that, or I don't want, I don't want as much as that, I, as much of that. So um, it's very interesting to watch our behavior and be witnessing, again, the value of witnessing, witnessing how and why we do what we do. Um, we control by way of thinking about and thinking into our own desires of the personality. So again, we are our thoughts. Whatever we think about, we create. Whatever we, we, we even think we're bypassing or I'm not thinking that, I'm not thinking that, you're still thinking it. It still has an energy and a vibration. And that is what creates itself outside of, your, outside of you. So what do we want? We want it all. To be honest, we want it all. We are, we are selfishly unselfish in that way. We just want it all. We are creatures of greed, food, objects, people, likes, followers, votes, money. We all are. We, we don't bypass that. You don't get rid of that because that in some way is the fun of the human experience. Wouldn't it be something if we had less greed and lived more freed? So the idea is not that you would have less food or less objects. It's that you would be less attached to those things and that they had meaning and the meaning would be coming from a very valued place of a peaceful heart, interconnectedness and witnessing, witnessing yourself um, with these particular objects of greed, if you wanted to call them that. Breaking free of fundamental thinking governed by rules and standards that are toxic and unnecessary. They have become our current way of life as those who are unaware are dangerous souls. These unawakened souls walk, walk aimlessly causing harm as a form of protection and defense. And again, if you're operating from this personality of yourself that is highly unawake, highly unaware and operating from the shadow self, which is all that unprocessed, emotions and feelings and experiences and, and thoughts and beliefs. Okay. Then you're dangerous to our society. And I think we've pretty much seen that in these, these, uh, leaders, people. Okay. We've seen it all over. We've seen it in, we've seen it in government. We've seen it in schools. We've seen it in our neighborhoods. We've seen it in communities. We've seen it in families. We've seen it in relationships you're dangerous when you are unaware and unawake and you're operating from an unconscious mind. What is the simplest act you can perform today that will make the most sustainable impact? 
surrender. Surrender. Let go of what you think. Allow that freeing space of the unknown to extract your own curiosity. It is in your divine essence to enlarge your perceptive quality. See what you think you see bigger. Expand your vision. Find a colorful beauty within the unknown and uncharted. Search within for your own understanding. So what that means to expand your vision is, let's say something happens and you start down a thought process. It means this. Expand your vision means, you know what? What if I put on new glasses? How would I see it different? What if I took a turn and I changed my, my, where I'm, how I'm standing and I went to the other side of the room? Would I see it different? What if I turned around? Would I see it different? What if I incorporated all of those fast facets? Would I see it different? Expanding your vision, getting bigger. What are all the possibilities here for, for the way to think about something or someone? What are all the possibilities? Because we have an infinite abundant allowance of possibility in every moment, every experience, every relationship, and every amount of our thoughts. Surrendering is the soul's most courageous form of its own sacred essence. So when we surrender, it doesn't mean we, we, it's not letting go in a way of like, let's say you're holding on to a tightrope. Okay. And, and most of us, that's what control is. We're holding on to this rope and we don't, we're anchored to it. We don't want to let go. Okay. We're going to hold on. And surrendering is like, you know what? It doesn't mean you just let go of the rope and everything just, it means you give the rope to someone else. And that someone else means someone outside of yourself, outside of this physical world. So you give it to God, you give it to the universe, you give it to love, you give it to higher consciousness. However, you subscribe to your own higher power, you give the rope to the higher power. You give the rope because in that higher power, that higher power is going to work with your higher self, which is the soulful outside of you. Okay. That really knows you well, your true essence. And that collaboration between those two aspects are going to bring about more sustainable impact in your life and a lot more fun. Surrender is a deep knowing and a more eccentric aspect of trust that opens a way for the divine to orchestrate a more vibrant outlook. So again, you're giving the divine, okay, and your own divinity, you're giving the rope to that essence so that you can then live fully in this particular experience of being human. Surrender is a prayer, a sweet intention to give in to that, which is the ultimate aim for this lifetime, returning to love. So surrender is nothing more than returning to love and saying, you know what? I'm going to see it through love's eyes. I'm going to see it through love's eyes. When you see things through love's eyes, then you see it differently. You see it broader. You enlarge your vision. You understand, you have deep wisdom. You have deep knowing you have deep understanding. I aim willingly to set forth a path of actions inspired by the awareness that will free me from the chains of my own shadow as a blessing I am most worthy of. We are all so unbelievably worthy to experience freedom from being chained to 
rules and standards and expectations and have tos and should ofs and meant to and, you know, any of those things that keep you in the toxic warfare of living outside of yourself. I am ready to live daily awakened to a higher guidance that will always shine the light for me to see what's next. That's surrender. It's waking up every day and saying, hmm, okay, so I maybe have to go to work today, or I maybe have to, you know, take care of my family, or I maybe have to do those things, but I'm going to live more awake. I'm going to pay attention to more things. I'm going to pay attention to how my words affect people. I'm going to pay attention to how my energy is that day. I'm going to pay attention to how my, my family's energy is that day. And I'm going to allow those things. I'm going to allow myself to just be guided by this higher essence of my life and to really allow those things to kind of flourish. And I'm going to, to experience things from a, a brighter, more colorful place. I am able to relinquish control of my small mindedness and be my sacred sovereignty of pure love knowing that in moments of strain, I am able to activate an awareness to return by choice. It's always your choice. You either are going to choose to hang on to that rope for dear life, or you're going to choose to hand the rope over to a higher power and say, this is bigger than me. Guide me, help me, show me the way. And then you just sit in this very aware, awakened place. And you just kind of Allow yourself to be guided. The signs, the symbols, the synchronicities will come in. The insights, the, the intuition will come in. Surrender is a conscious way of living, bringing a harmonizing fluidity to live aware, awakened, and in awe of the divine orchestration, living in the something bigger. So what if that was really our goal, was to just live in the something bigger, meaning oh, this moment, this present moment is so massively cool. Everything is there in the present moment. That's really the something bigger. So surrender is getting to that place because it is in that place that the divine can orchestrate, meaning work and provide and offer and, and give in every way in that one present moment, because anything else means you're either living in the past or the future. You are familiar with stop and smell the roses, right? That's a phrase we all say, stop and smell the roses when we're trying to get into that present moment and be fully awakened and fully aware and in awe of like how amazing this world is and how majestic and magical it is and how hilarious it is that all of this works itself through. When was the last time you stopped, you paused, you looked with eyes wide open at the splendid around you? Like, like, I want you when you're listening to this to think, when was the last time I really did that? Just stopped and looked around and didn't really have thoughts. Didn't sit and say, oh, the kitchen's a mess. I just cooked this amazing dinner and we just had so much fun together, but the kitchen's a mess and now I got to clean it up. And oh my gosh, everyone's got to go do homework and I'm left doing it all. Okay. When was the last time you just sat there saying, wow, like we have so much food here and our family is like having so much fun. And this is so totally cool. And I love this. And this is what I want more of. This is the something bigger. 
or, or if you've just, even if you're spending a quiet, quaint moment on the couch with one of your children or your spouse or your partner or your friend, and you just sat in that moment and went, wow, like the two of us are just sitting here and we're just enjoying one another and nothing else really matters. We have everything here in this moment. What if you walked around and you, you just took a look an inventory of your life and you said, where is love showing up? Where is kindness showing up? Where is peace showing up? Where in your outlook are you witnessing large amounts of whatever? Large amounts of air, large amounts of trees, large amounts of people, large amounts of food, large amounts of objects, large amounts of cars, just just witnessing the abundance. So if you're going to do that, you have to be able to witness where is large amounts showing up in my life. What if this week you surrendered to awe and appreciation? What if you just surrendered to being in awe and appreciation, seeing the something bigger in everything you look at? So like, even if you're looking at a flower and you think it's just a flower, but if you're looking at a flower and you're like, wow, I wonder like, where did that flower come from? And how did that flower get its colors? And how does that flower stay vibrant? And, and what is that flower doing for other people? What is it doing for me? What is it doing for the universe? What is it doing for um, nature? What is it doing for other animals? Like if you just kind of got into that something bigger and, and enlarge your vision, see it from different aspects. Instead of this person or group is doing this to me, what if you saw it bigger? oh, this big classroom in my life is offering all of us a choice to return to love. So what if you just saw every interaction, every relationship as a moment when you had a choice to return to love? And that doesn't mean, so I think where we have this misunderstanding is when we say those things to return to love in a relationship, to return to love in an experience, it doesn't mean you give your, uh, yourself away to the moment. It means if I'm returning to love and someone I'm in a relationship with, it is not being kind, it is not being heartfelt, and is not being caring, and is not showing love. It, what it means is if I have awareness and I am awakened in that moment, okay, and I can witness and understand what that other person is doing, it means returning to love is getting into my heart and being peaceful and allowing the other person to have their experience. And it means that I can offer love back. That's all I can do is offer love back. Doesn't mean I have to do anything in the relationship. Doesn't mean I have to act upon in a different way. It doesn't even have to mean that I'm in the relationship with the person to offer love back. Because we can offer love to anyone and everything in this universe without having to do anything because love is a form of being. It's not a form of doing. We've gotten those things backwards because we are addicted to control and addicted to doing as a way of understanding and creating purpose. Love comes from our own being and we can, we can vibrate that love out. It's a frequency. We can vibrate that feeling and emotion of love from our heart and our soul out to other people without having to physically be in the space with them, without having to physically be in relationships with them, without having to join them for any, any functions, 
So it's a big understanding and a big shift into how we, how we do our life here. If you have any amount of fear, angst, worry, doubt, concern, etc., you are not in the energetic frequency of love. You're just not any form of doubt. You're not in the frequency of love. Living fully consciously is not about bypassing the emotions of fear and doubt and worry and hurt and betrayal, etc. Living fully consciously is about loving those emotions as full expressions of who you are and inwardly choosing to nurture the self back to its own sacred worthiness. So if I notice that I have fear around an experience, okay, or I have betrayal, or I have hurt, I feel those things. And then I, I get to a place once I have felt those, I can say, okay, I'm aware that I'm feeling hurt or I'm feeling worry about this situation. And if you allow those feelings to emerge, it takes about 90 seconds. It's not very long. We just don't like it because it makes us uncomfortable. And it's that uncomfortable place that then we start to bypass and shift everything around. If we just sat with them and just allowed them, we didn't act upon them. We just allowed them to work through our body. They kind of don't feel good, right? You get a little stomach ache, your chest might hurt. You might get a pain in the back of your neck. You might get a headache for a minute. You might feel like your feet are just like sticking to the ground. I mean, there's all kinds of energetic ways of, of the body um, feeling those particular emotions because that's how it is. Our body is used to feel the emotions. So if we allow those emotions to come through, then we can get back to our sacred worthiness, which is a loving place because the soul only knows love. The surrendered soul is a form of adaptability. Freedom comes by way of adapting to that which you are experiencing for that which you are. Freedom comes by way of adapting to that which you are experiencing for that which you are. So what does that mean? See, sometimes these channeling things come through and I have to really sit and think about what does that mean? The surrendered soul is a form of adaptability. Freedom comes by way of adapting to that which you are experiencing for that which you are. So it means that the experience and who you are are not one and the same. The experience is what's outside of you, okay? And who you are is just walking through the experience. You're experiencing the experience. So it's as if you were sitting in front of the TV and watching yourself on the TV. Freedom comes by way of adapting to that experience for that which you are. So your personality is going to experience things so completely different than another person's personality. But our souls are so interconnected and divinely networked for love. So if two people are not experiencing love, it is because one or both of them are disconnected because truly we are all connected for love and we're divinely interconnected in that network of love. So if two or more people are not getting along, we'll use the personality words are not getting along. Okay. We know that there are things in their shadow that need to be 
uh, made conscious. Okay. And we also know that by do by that, that forms a disconnection from the self, which means that that connection to love is not connected to other people's love because one is operating from a personality, the unconscious mind. You are, that's it. You are, you are you, you are you, you can't deny it. You can't hide from it. You can't run from it. You are you. And the more we can understand who we are and we can get to this loving place within us and accept us for the loving beings that we are, the more then we can have fun with our personality, fun with our shadow in a way, fun with our persona in a way, fun with this outer human experience and really start to have joy. Just always be that, be you, just be you and choose you in every moment, choose you first because that will vibrate out exactly what it is that's best for you, that works for you, that's for you and for good for everyone else as well. Have a great week. I love you. Peace out, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have any questions, we provide for you the show notes. You can email me at christy at christypeck.com. Or if you are listening on the cool feature on the Anchor app, you can leave a voice comment or a voice question, and we'll be collecting those and using them on future shows. How fun would that be? You know, recently, a good friend of mine gave me this quote and a gift over the Christmas holidays, and it really has resonated with me, and I want it to be a part of our our great presence of the year 2021. Be bold enough to use your voice, brave enough to listen to your heart, and strong enough to live the life you've always imagined. Whatever you've taken from today's episode, share it with someone else. Share the learning that you're acquiring every single day by being more aware in your life, by being awakened in your life, by being brave enough in your life, by being bold enough in your life, and by being strong enough in your life, because you really, really are. May you have a joyful week. Remember who you are and live the liminal. I love you. Peace out, my friends.